Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple, she, her, and this week I spoke to Sarah Dacey Charles all about her 30-year acting career. And that is exactly why I have her on this podcast to talk about what has sustained her long career and what keeps her coming back. We get into a really open and candid heart conversation about redefining expectations as an actor, putting things into perspective. Sarah shares really honestly and vulnerably about her own journey. And she also flips the question back to me. So although this episode doesn't have as many tangible tools and resources as I usually try to provide in each of these episodes, I do feel like it is an incredibly important conversation about sustaining and cultivating resilience as an actor, especially if one is hoping to have a lengthy and long career. Enjoy. Hi, Sarah. Hey, how are you? Jen? How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm so happy. I'm so happy to see your face and I'm happy to be here. Honored, in fact, oh. and a little like, oh, I am not, you know, um, the more I'm in, I've been in this, I've been pursuing this for like four decades. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm not yeah. ancient people, but I feel sometimes, and I, it's just, you, I thought I would have like concrete answers. Yeah. And I don't know that I have concrete answers, but I have, I have in the trenches. I feel you. Yeah. This is what I do. Yeah. This is what I'm going through stuff. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to dive into this. I mean, that's literally why I have you on here to talk about your gorgeous four decades worth of a career. Also, you are looking more beautiful with time, not to objectify mm, you yeah, in any way, yeah. but like truly like <laughs> these little glasses. Y'all, if you tune into the YouTube, Sarah's, she's decked out for this, for this situation. Mm -hmm. For anybody who is listening, who does not know who you are, who are you today? I'm Sarah Dacey Charles. I am a lesbian, New York-based actor. And I guess because I am in the middle of writing my first play, four-person play, I'm calling myself a playwright because I'm actually yes. doing it. Yes, um, this is, so um, other things that I do, you know, I do standardized patient work and I um, I'm a, I, I'm a co-director of a prayer chaplain program. That's mm -hmm. another part of my life, but I'm living, I was saying, saying to my good friend who's about my age, you know, I suppose I am living the dream. It mm -hmm. never feels like it. Cause you look at like, all oh, the A-listers and I'm not on, you know, I'm not talking about, but I'm doing self-tapes. I am working with representation. I am, you know, in it, in the trenches. And yeah. it's, it's interesting in that it, that I've, when I first came to New York in 96, the end of 96, I was focused on music theater. I was, because I felt like I had this voice that's going to be my bread and butter. And I really, that was, and with the goal was, I want to be on Broadway. And I did um, achieve that goal. I was in Les Mis, the original company. And I closed it. So I was in the early 2000s of that yes. and did some tours and then made the switch. You know, we can talk about that, but mm -hmm. I'm now per primarily pursuing TV film work. Yeah. And yet, you know, where do I stand with theater? It's, it's that. So um, let's let's use a fancy title. I'm a crossover actor. That's yeah. that's, that's that's what I. But I, I just 
I think sometimes we, we can talk about this like navigating the waters of of a career. So you're constantly ticking and tacking and where where am I now? What where am I castable now? Who am I now? Where's my heart now? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you've already begun to have the conversation that I want to have with you, really, which is how one stays present for this period of time. You know, we were kind of talking about this before we even started and clicked record, but just, you know, the idea that we've been told for so long that this is a marathon, not a sprint, right? That you need to, all these small little things are gearing up towards this bigger thing and you got to stick it out and be patient, that word specifically, and wait your time yeah. and your turn as you take off your glasses oh, and have feelings. Right. So I have really, feelings. <laughs> exactly. And I want to unpack all of that with you. At the risk of showing the chip on my shoulder, we're told so many things. Yeah. You know, go for your dream. You can achieve anything you want. Just try, try hard enough or, you know, put in the hours. And uh, I've gotten, you know, it's a long game. At some point, I feel that those those things that we're told are not helpful. Mm-hmm. Because if we're, if we go with like, I thought, well, kind of coming from the that being type A and the A student mentality, if, you know, you work hard, you get the A. But we're in a business that doesn't, work like that. It's volatile. It's mercurial. It doesn't Mm -hmm. owe you a thing. It doesn't follow any rules. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with that? Oh, I have so many things to say about goals and dreams. Just say that. I have to take a back. You know, it was always my dream to be on Broadway. And and that was why I moved to New York from the Bay Area where I started my career, which I think for me was was a smart thing to start in a smaller pond. Um, I got my equity card in the Bay Area and and did some leading roles. Finally came to New York when I was in my early 30s. That's late, right? But for a character actor, mm, it worked for me. and this was back in the day in the 90s where, you know, you're doing uh, open calls and they're in person and you get up at six in the morning and it's really literally pounding the pavement. I had lots of coffees with people and who told me how to how to, how the ropes were. And that's why I still have coffees with younger actors and feel, <laughs> you know, no, I'm not going to fucking charge you a coaching fee. Let's just talk about it. Um, that said, I was a coach for a minute. I think it's helpful to have a dream. I think it's helpful to have it and hold it, but it can become a nightmare if you're not careful. In what way? I've always struggled with self-esteem. I think for me, coming from a just very dysfunctional childhood, you know, that it what worked for me is as a young actor getting that, getting the the applause and the esteem. But then as you're in it, that's sometimes, what do you do when you don't get the job? What do you do when your agent drops you? What do you do when, Yeah. for me, I got on Broadway. I was a replacement for someone who was, had been in there for a long time. You get there and it's different from how you imagine it. Broadway shocked me in that it was like became this corporate theater and you're not doing a role and you're mm-hmm. you're doing a track and you're mm-hmm. understudying and you're in the background and you start to lose focus on how you are special it it really played a mind bender on me i was in it mm-hmm. for two two and a half years and then i stayed with it until it closed and then i kind of was like i don't want to i don't want to be on broadway and then i i really veered into regional theater cuz i wanted to do roles and stuff then how do you make a living? Like there's so many things. Yeah. It's an imperfect career. And 
And I don't want to dissuade the people coming into it who have big, shiny dreams. And, you know, you might just get out of school and hit a Broadway show and good for you. Um, But if that's not your case, what do you do? So then for me, I have tried to leave the business many times. I want to put a pin in that. I want you to finish what you're saying, but I also want to put a pin in like why you keep coming back. So we'll come back to that, but yes. Well, let's talk about resilience for a while. Mm -hmm. I, I, I get disappointed sometimes when you've, you're just auditioning your face off and you're not booking or you yeah. get really close or you audition for that dream role. Like for me, fun home, come from away. Didn't get either one of them, folks. Um, mm-hmm. Got in the room. Which didn't get you're so, yeah, you're so right for I'm both like, of I those. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, do you, how do you keep going? Um, what takes me down is those, those imaginary markers and expectations you put on yourself. By 30, I should be on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Well, 30 came and went and mm-hmm. I wasn't even in New York yet. I made it to Broadway, 37, mm-hmm. okay. Or recently at 60, just turned 60, and it took me down. I should, my career should be so much further along. I should be a series regular by now. What the heck, I'm gonna quit. And I think what brings me back or the way I get back is the humbling of where am I now? Who am I now? Really grounding myself, really coming back to like feeding myself with walks in nature like what's my oxygen mm-hmm. and it it ain't booking the show oddly enough my oxygen is face-to-face deep conversations like what we're having now yeah. my oxygen is um being out in green my oxygen is play for real and you know acting class is my oxygen and so finding the joy of it mm-hmm. and doing it for the joy of it kind of starts bringing me back taking my life and my happiness seriously and then it's just it's For me, it's like the bad boyfriend. I start like, okay, I'm writing or I'm having a really good time or my my wife and I, we've gone and had an amazing time. And then all of a sudden the auditions come in. I'm like, fuck you, career. It's always that. Yep. It's always that. Yeah. So I'm hoping this is affirming to people who are feeling frustrated or wondering, what am I doing wrong? You're not doing anything wrong. The other thing that I hate this word, but it's sort of like true, is the word process. So when I was a swing on the national tour of nine to five, and I had no business being taking this job. It was a month after both my parents had died and I went on the road and I was swinging eight people. I had no business doing this. My brain didn't really work functionally. And I was feeling like I was doing a shitty job and I kind of was. And any, when I first came onto the tour, they, first of all, people were great on that tour. They're so kind to me, but they would say, Oh, you're the new swing. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's a process. Mm-hmm. And then you're left to figure it out mm. in your hotel room or in the dressing room and everyone else on stage and your kinesthetic learner. It's like, mm. ah. Um, but that said, I know for me, I keep jumping to the end. I keep jumping to the Tony Awards winning speech. I'm holding the golden statue and who I'm going to thank and stuff. I want so badly to be there still. Mm. Mm. And I might indulge in a fantasy. It feels great. And the next day it is like the blue Tuesday. It's like meaning from a hangover. Mm -hmm. And and then I'm a choice. I'm going to keep kicking myself and calling myself a loser. I'll Mm -hmm. go on social. I can go to social media and see how great other people are doing and feel even more like a loser. Seem to be doing, but yes. 
or I can go, what's my oxygen? Mm -hmm. And there are certain things now that I put in place that are non-negotiable. I, I meditate twice a day and, uh, you know, imperfectly, noisily, I try to move the body. I really am much happy if I can stretch in the morning. I, I go out, I make a point now to meet people face on face to face. Um, I'm, God, I'm gonna get this play done. So those things that are within my control. The other thing that is working for me now is setting goals versus dreams. So yes, I have a dream. I wanna, I wanna be a, I wanna like, you know, I wanna be a series regular. Yeah. I wanna be back on Broadway um, and not like in the smoke in the back, mm -hmm. <laughs> in the dark. Um, but I don't, have, I don't have control over that. Right. But what do I have control over? keeping this instrument in tune. Uh, and right now I'm obsessed with community. <laughs> I cannot, I can't write a play on my own. There's no way, mm -hmm. but I found a writing group. We meet once a week. We, you know, bring five pages, you cast it among the group. You have it read out loud. This is all over Zoom. We get some notes to each other, go back and write. And that works. Yeah. So anyway, ask me a question. I'm monologuing. Yeah. No, there was so much that you have just shared. And first, I just want to thank you for being so vulnerable and open about your feelings and all of the things that you've been through and the ride of that all. I think it takes a certain type of person to be able to own that and not just rose colored glasses of mm. yeah, this is these are this is my highlight reel. So I really appreciate the vulnerability in that. I feel like there's so many directions that this conversation can go because at least hearing back from you as you were speaking, I was like, okay, we talked about like goals versus dreams. We talked about process. We talked about, you know, like finding your oxygen um, and also just what makes you want to leave and what brings you back, right? And right. I think all of these very large topics. Let's talk about the good stuff that's going on okay. right now in the business. Great. When when I was coming up, everything was in boxes. You were a music theater actor mm -hmm. or you were a TV, you know, actor. And if you wanted to do TV in New York, well, good luck. You had Law and Order. Um, or you had to go to LA for pilot season, you know, being where you were located, even your very area code made it made such a huge difference. None of that matters. Um, you can self-tape from anywhere in the world and Broadway actors are being on TV. I mean, so, so that's good news for yeah. all of us. And I think being diverse is a good thing. I think- Diverse in your talents, you mean? Like yes, being, able to, being yeah. multifaceted. And mm -hmm. I haven't pursued voiceovers, but many people are, you know, do that as well. Um, I think though, it's hard to do it all at once. You can feel scattered and and immobilize yourself. So where's your heart now? Is it you know what's calling you now and pursuing that now? I think whew, the pandemic has has been rough on all of us. Um, mm -hmm. But and now I'm going to the negative. But it's a bit because it's wild, wild west. Because everybody on social media, which is now where all the marketing is happening, it's like a, a look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I mean, it's just like we are assaulted with competing for attention. Yeah. So what do we do with that? What do you do with that? Is that when you would go take a moment and be with your oxygen? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I do, there was a while for a while where I was like, oh, I don't get Instagram. I'm not doing it. I'm older. I don't, it doesn't matter. And then uh, it's very, a very smart coach. I'm going to just give her a shout out. Her name is Christine Horn. Here's her book. Yeah. She's, she's wonderful. And she teaches career coaching and she's, she also, she's amazing. She explained to me that don't worry about the, in her, don't worry about the number of followers, but if you're being considered, let's say you did a kick-ass audition or a great casting workshop, or they're going to look at your socials. Yeah. So it's an opportunity for you to, to control the narrative mm-hmm. and curate it. I mean, you, I'm talking to you, Jen. I mean, you're, you're amazing at your social media and you look oh. amazing in them and you found, I mean, there's Thank so much you, you should like teach classes. On this. Oh, it's but, so funny because if you listen back to one of our earlier episodes with Heidi Dean, I was like, I hate it and I don't know what I'm doing. And she was oh. like, here's all the ways. I mean, she offers it in a very different way, which is, you know, that for people who don't necessarily say embrace that space, it's a missed opportunity for building community. Like that is the thing that mm. social media really, is, that's what it started as. And that is yeah. still what it is. It's the way in which you can engage your community and use this platform for not just, hey, I booked a job, but it's also, let me cultivate these relationships in between the things. And then you get to see me as a person so that when I do talk about the things that I book, you're, you're you have dedicated followers who are Mm. there because they enjoy you as a person, not just the things that you book, you know, Um, which was very helpful for me, even though all I really want to do is post hiking photos and me with my dog. (laughs) I know. And I, I live for those. Same. Um, I do. I love them. I do. Um, I, so I'm playing with it. I am consciously posting and ghosting. There is that to use Heidi's term. Um, But I'm trying to no, very subtle way. Let people know this is how you want to cast me, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And and then here's a little. And then I also move my newsletter kind of on. I have like a Monday musings thing that I do, and it's. Um, then I get to like, be vulnerable and open about about exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, Going back to like process because I feel like I actually might have a different definition of it. And I actually think it sits better in some ways with me in that like, I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy process, (laughs) but I, but I definitely see the merits to it um, in that things that are in process are the things that we are grappling with. And therein lies the humanity of us versus the like beginning when you're like, this is the exciting thing. And then the end, which is the product, which, yep. you know, is the consumerist capitalist thing that people want to take from you in many respects. Right. Yeah. And so in process for me, at least in this moment, and, you know, talk to me in five years, who knows, or two, who knows, um, like for me in process means that you in many respects are in control of the thing still, right? Like you can choose how you show up to the material. You can choose how you show up to your rehearsal process. Are there other elements that are out of your control? Absolutely. But in process, no one externally is expecting you to have produced something that is quote unquote perfect or ready, you know? And so for me, it's so interesting. I want to hear more for you why you don't enjoy that. Well, I 100% say yes to everything you just said. Yeah. Because I didn't really quite get to the 
So I used to always hate that word process. Yeah. When I first heard it, it was like, good luck. Mm-hmm. Have fun right. storming the castle. And I was yeah. like, process this bitches. Um, yeah. But now I'm coming to see that everything is a process. Right. And it's not always fun. Correct. Um, loved or one, rewarding. Like, like it might be really painful and terrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, from down from you're going on a hike and you see a hill and that going up the hill and down it, that's a process. Um, getting getting viable songs in your book is a process getting comfortable in front of the camera is a process getting um comfortable with yourself yeah is a process a lifelong process i would argue so i think now it's acknowledging you know where you're at and that even if it's very humble and i i, I agree it's where the actual agency lies yeah and when you said I have control. I mean, that is 100% true. Um, no matter how toxic a rehearsal room can be, you, you know, you 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 choose how you show up, yeah. how you're gonna be with it. Yeah. Um, also, I though, think- just thinking back to like the way in which those the people in tour were like, "Good luck." In my, what I hear from that is, and I'm not a therapist, but what I hear is just projection which is we had a terrible time or it was difficult for us and therefore it it will probably be difficult for you too because you are just like us. Mm. And there's a lot of assumptions happening in that. There's a lot of well, if you if this is if it was hard for me then it has to be hard for you because everyone needs to go through a difficult time in order to have earned their stripes, right? There like mm. for me all I hear in that is just a form of projection rather than you know, a like actual and, wish. <laughs> and being in, you know, every, every rehearsal room is different. Sometimes being in those high, high paying jobs, high profile jobs, it's not safe. Yeah. And I remember my first tour, this was Sunset Boulevard and it was great group of people, but I saw some people even when people came in, especially young actors, they wanted to make friends right away. Mm-hmm. And it was so evident to me that if you don't put your nose down and nail that put in, you're going to have to spend so much more time earning people's respect and friendship. So I'm like, I mm. say, don't worry about making any friends. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just, just do your job and you will, you know? So yeah. because it, in that environment, it's so high stakes that they don't, you just, it's kind of like put up or shut up. And that's, that's tough for us. So on one hand, we're like, be vulnerable on some hand. And then, but if I, I'm usually, I'm a day player right now on a set. How many, there's no rehearsal. You, you show up and you bring it and then you leave. And so now I consciously, back to the idea of self-care, I, I have to be the one to feed my head. Like you got this, you got this and prep and now don't, don't socialize right now. See, what do you have to think about to, it's your take or it's coming around the camera. It's your close up, da, da, da. And then afterwards the mind's going to be like, Oh, that was shit. No, no. You know, then you have to affirm yourself and it's, um, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. If we don't do that, we, we can be tight. We can choke mm-hmm. when the time comes. And so, that's a habit that that is in our control yeah to affirm ourselves every day so and i'm still struggling with this (sighs) every 
day, yeah. every day, replace that you're not enough. That, that gets bandied about, right? You're so enough on social media, but it's finding what are those little insidious ways that I'm actually kind of telling myself I'm not enough mm-hmm. and catching it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then go, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. It's so tough. Everything around us is marketing, right? Well, we most, I mean, most things, yeah, because it's all about how people and things and companies can make a profit, right? It seems like the curtain has been pulled back many times through the various seasons of your career, right? Whether it was through Broadway or tours or your migration from, you know, doing more regional theater to doing more TV work or all of these, you've gone through many seasons of your career and you are still in many seasons of your career. But as you're navigating through that, and you start to see the curtain being pulled back and you really start to see the mechanics of these things working as opposed right. to the, the dream version that, you know, you're taught right. when you're right. a kid. Like, yes, we can say like you find your oxygen and yes, you can, you know, like do your meditation and yes, you can like yeah, affirm yeah. yourself. But genuinely, why do you keep staying? <laughs> because I'm not saying that you shouldn't. That's not at all. But it's, <laughs> And I find myself feeling this still and, you know, I'm – I'm a couple decades behind you in that respect, but I've been doing this for a while as well. And I find that as the curtain keeps getting pulled back, I really do question why I keep doing this. And the things that I have to tell myself and remind myself and affirm for myself to keep me staying back in it reminds me like, well, then why are you, why do you have to work so hard to keep making yourself stay? I mean, it really does feel like this, a very love hate situation for many, many artists And for you specifically, this is a long way of asking, the curtain's been pulled back. Why are you still here? (laughs) Yeah. In a non-judgment way. And you might not have an answer to it. And it might also change on the day. I recognize all of that. And I recently went through, you know, asking that very question of like, I want to be valued. You know, I I, I deserve to be valued. And why, why, you know, nobody's putting you through this. Right. It's, um, your, it's our choice when pushing right. to shove. Like we get to choose today. Right. I'm going to wake up and I want to create art in this way. Yeah. That's our choice. To be honest with you, I'm still in process. See, um, I, I'm kind of taking this time. I found a friend of mine sent me this book called Designing Your Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. It's really cool in that it's not another self-help book. I've read them all and I keep reading them all. I'm in the midst of n- not being a victim. This is how life is. And de- and deciding what is bringing me joy. Where, where do I want, you know, what do I want? Mm-hmm. I think where I'm going to end up is it's a yes and that um, I do, I do have fun with the self tapes. I do have, I, I do have fun with in class. I do have fun um, honing skill, yeah. you know, really nerding out on acting. I love that. I love, you know, <laughs> um, and in my most spiritual times, I, I, I think this is an interesting way to, to grow and, and learn the essential lesson of kind of accepting ourselves as we are. Why do I keep doing it? I don't have a good answer. I think at the end of the day, if there's not a joy in the doing of it, then it's time to stop. Yeah. Um, I I was involved in a reading this year of a new musical. It was joyous. 
Um, I, I was on set on a, on a movie with Gina Rodriguez, who was joyous. Is it enough? No. Is it enough? No. Enough, I want more. Enough, like enough, enough joy time to work. Or enough- like I, I, and the joy when it happens, it's kind of like nice work when you can get it. Um, I just like, why is it so, you know, it's so infrequent. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I want this thing that's like traction and momentum. And so I'm like, not, I'm like steering away from the smaller co-stars and let's get, and I feel like that, even that is a, it's not something under my control. So do you think what keeps you coming back are the people that you get to spend your time with? Is it the project that you get to spend the time with? Is it the idea of the thing that's coming that feels like you need to keep pursuing it? The thing that make that takes me out is this. The brain. I'm pointing, no, yeah. my, the mind. my head. The head. The mind. My mind. The thing that drains me. It, I've gotten to a point where, you know, my relationships, I don't have toxic relationships. They've drifted away. They've, um, I'm at a point in my life where the, the, the main enemy is myself. And when I think about acting itself and the process of like the beat, you know, learning lines, beats, prepping, I love all that shit. Yeah. I don't mind, like he was setting up the self-tape. If I can get a, get the ego, oh, you know, what takes out the joy is like, oh, it's too small, or oh, it's too big, or uh, and whatever the judgment around it, then what I'm after now that is still a bit eluding me is the simple ability to play. Do you feel like with time, those play moments fill you up enough and that's that then sustains you. It's like it refills your cup. I don't know. Yeah. That's okay. I don't know. Because even then that's like an it gets better kind of thing. And I don't I I think this is a moment to moment choice. Like if you are asking yourself those things, I think it's really okay to to step out. Well let's talk about when you have, because you have stepped back at various points, what do you do in those times? Well, uh, the first time I was like, I'm quitting. Um, it, was a, it was a tough time personally. Uh, my brother died in that same like year my agent dropped me. Um, I wasn't booking. I was getting close, but not booking anything. I felt like my career stalled. I said, okay, you know, and I decided to be a personal organizer. I created a whole business doing that. And I thought I was great. And I remember do, being in a networking meeting and I'm like talking about, yeah, I used to be an actor. And somebody mentioned, yeah, I feel the sadness around that. I was like, Ooh. I thought I'm not sad. I'm, I, I'm like, Ooh. I'm not sad. You're sad. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was short lived. The, the time, the longest time I really stepped away was when my wife had a health crisis and I, um, I needed to become her full-time caregiver. And it was remarkably enough, my agents never dropped me. This, my present agents wow. never dropped me. I had to like not do a play at the Long Wharf and I had to like, just, I had to stop. And it was, what was clear to me was my wife is so much more important than my career. Hmm. Hmm. If I had to choose, yeah, it's, there's no, it's, 
Um, and this is somebody who's like so and so enmeshed with acting, like it's me, it's my identity, who am I without it? So this question, I haven't really, that you've like, why do you, why? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It's okay. And I think, I mean, for me, that's, you know, what I've heard at least about these two times that you just shared. It's like what brought you away were the people that you care about. You know, this wasn't like a self-generated, like I've had enough and I'm putting my foot down and goodbye. Like it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was there are other people and things that are larger than this career that mean more to me that then remind me perspective and like put things in perspective yeah. for me to then when I come back, I'm there with a purpose. Um, you know, and it isn't willy-nilly. It's I've now chosen to come back from this after I've given my attention and awareness to people and community that need me and I need them. You know, I think that's a really wonderful reminder of making sure that you have a life that is outside of this career to sustain you, right? Because yeah. with these ebbs and flows, if you don't have the people, if you don't have the things that you love, if you don't have the the things that fill you with joy, the nature, the oxygen that you would refer to, right? Then when it does feel awful and you need to step away, you need to be able to step away to something that will also make you feel okay and remind you that you are a human being who deserves, period. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't need to have an answer. I'm just curious because you've been doing it for so long. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know? And when I hit like my late thirties, that's when all my, many of my colleagues were just, they were done, they were out because mm -hmm. it's not cute anymore. Yeah. You know, going to summer rep for 300 a week. It's just not cute when you're, when you, you're pushing 40 and looking yeah. and, and then, you know, so that was hard kind of. And now when I'm in a show, I'm like the mom. <laughs> that's weird. Like, so it's, it's weird. It's weird and wonderful as you're kind of like, well, who am I now? And who am I now? Um, what, do, what do I want? And I think, I don't know if I've made the best choices I've made. I, I've tried to follow my heart. I probably, if I had stuck with Broadway, could have had a long running ensemble Broadway career and made money and that could have been great. That's, that's not what I wanted. Um, now, for me, TV seems to be offering more opportunities to work than it doesn't mean I, I want to stop theater. So things are still shuffling and redefining. And that community, how do we keep it alive in this sort of post-pandemic world, which really isolated us? And now self-tapes are really isolating us more. And I think for me, it's conscious effort. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you consciously connect to those people who you value? Well, like I, I reached out to, I, I worked with this director 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I did wit. And it was like one of my highlights <laughs> of my whole career. And um, the director is now the general, she's the managing director of human race theater in Ohio. Anyway, we FaceTimed. I just texted her. I'm like, I miss you. And I'm, you know, and we, we had an amazing FaceTime. And then she's like, you're right. I'll read your play. Now that could be extraordinary if she liked the play. So I'm still, maybe maybe that would work out, but reaching out, I think conscious reach outs, conscious, like it's so easy to stay home and just watch TV. It's so good. Yeah. I love that, but let's not. And, and all the coaches will tell you to 
it gets, it can, it can get robotic. I just think, who, who would I love to, who would I love to reach out to and, and reach out without, without wanting anything? Right. Do Those you, are- do you find that you do that via more FaceTime chats? Do you do that more in person? Do you text people? Do you call people? It's really about the person. Like yeah. I reached out to a playwright who's like, you know, so, so fancy. So I did it through LinkedIn. I mean, that just felt more appropriate. Um, with Cappy, yeah, I can text her. And I, I think that's, this is an ongoing muscle that I'm seeking to develop now. And I have to be careful too. It's really comfortable for me to, to, to kind of go into mentor mode with younger actors, mm. but I have to make my asks and let myself be mentored and guided and yeah. um, helped yeah. as well. Yeah. I think that's a, a life lesson too, right? Where there's this idea that as you, as you get older, obviously you've learned more and therefore you have more wisdom and therefore you need to be a resource. And while that is true and valuable and incredible, it's also like if life is nothing, if not continuing to grow and the yeah. more that you know, the less you know. Like I, I yeah. certainly don't think I know anything. And the more I think I know, the more I'm like, I know absolutely nothing. And, you know? and the business keeps, it's really, it's really fascinating. It keeps changing. But I think the things that give us oxygen are the things that make us bookable at the end of the day. Mm. When you talk to any, like a ter- any casting director, they are so attracted to authenticity, vulnerability, just you being real, telling the story. Um, yeah, I don't know why. It's, for me, it's these expectations that we think are there and we put on ourselves that that's, that seems to be the, the little cabinet of alcohol that I can open up. <laughs> you know it's these unspoken rules and these unspoken or or spoken expectations that become so ingrained in us and then subconsciously or consciously dictate our choices what's so tough that i have to monitor and i i just want to reach out to our listeners of like that trap of like if i do this one thing if i take this one class if i really you know get the right link ring light or the right that that the Yes, we're constantly sort of upping our game, but at the end of the day, the ring light or the mic is not going to—it's not—it's not going to book you the job. I know, and then it becomes complicated of like, well, what does? And that is the whole crux of it, which is this—it's this nebulous thing <laughs> that isn't arbitrary because it—it it will be within you. That's why they, like, if you were to book something, that is why they go with you because it is in you. But so often more than, more than not, I'd say that the people that I know in my life who are booking things are booking things that are quite close to who they are as people, Mm. you know, and the more they continue booking, then that's when people start to be able to feel comfortable giving them risks of pushing them and, you know, expanding and, and, um, you know, trying to be Medea at age 22, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, like give it time. And also you will most likely book the thing that is really very close to you. And you're like, but I didn't do much. And it's like, exactly. Yeah. And, and you can't teach that. And I think it all goes back to this whole idea of like really finding what is joyful for you, surrounding yourself with the people and community that 
lift you up and remind you that there is more than just the career and also giving yourself the oxygen of the other things in your life, be it nature, animals, travel, whatever, that allows you to come back to yourself as a human being first and foremost, because that is what this whole career is when push comes to shove. You're a human being telling a story. Like that is what acting is. You are the vessel and vehicle through which stories are being told. And if you aren't a human, (laughs) it's a lot harder to tell those stories, I would say. Yeah. It's keeping a light touch with it is really helpful. And Um, hard and hard, you know, don't, don't do fucking 25 takes for a coast. Like it's, it's, and I've heard a couple like famous actors like Robert De Niro's like his approach and he was, was like, I'm not going to get us. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Now that could be helpful. What's helpful. What I find is it's not that I'm, I'm not going to get it, but that idea of like, I may not even be in the ballpark, so I'm not going to drive myself crazy. I'm going to do, well, if you got the audition, you are in the ballpark, right? We forget that thousands of mm. people have submitted themselves for this and they only have X amount of spots for auditions and you have gotten one of them and people are not wanting to waste their time and right. frankly money by slotting in somebody who is not in the world. Like right. you just simply getting the audition is the compliment. You are right. And, and if you find, <laughs> which I have to remind myself, like a, this is callbacks. If a Correct. cast and director is continuing to bring me in, you know, um, a tip for co-stars. What, what's helps me is kind of, um, really, if you can lock in where, what, how it serves in the, in the story and a sort of a, this, they need this kind of energy. Right. Um, so that that's been helpful to me. Um, and have, yeah, but let's not talk about booking it because it's elusive. Correct. It's elusive, right? It's so, we get into magical thinking, I think, because again, that's control. Magical thinking about like what part of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to care. That's the the point where you can go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. What's the secret? Yeah. Well, because it isn't linear. You know, I think it's, you didn't go to law school and then you became a lawyer. You didn't go to med school and then you became a doctor. You know, it's, there isn't a one way to do it. And I mean, it's a huge reason why I have this podcast and I'm bringing on all these different artists to continue expressing the point that there are so many ways to be someone in this field, industry, profession, expression, right? That it really isn't this one way of doing it. And that could be really difficult because as humans, we want to quote unquote, do it right or do it better or do it best or get results right. and blah, 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 blah. Right. But there oh, isn't. You might've had a great year and you only made such and such money and like, ah, uh, the esteem. So yeah. why do you, Jen, why are you still doing it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, evil, evil moment. The tables have turned. Yeah. I mean, you're catching me in a really strange place. Yeah. I mean, I guess in, in fairness, you've been so, so vulnerable. I can be vulnerable too. I, I don't know right now, actually. I mean, I, I guess that's not fair. I do know. I know that I, in a non-ego way, I tell stories very specifically and I 
trust myself to be someone through which stories can come through in a way that I only can do, which is the same for every other person because it's only they can only tell stories the way that they do. But I believe that in my core and I believe that in my gut that I can tell stories and expression of humanity in a way that I believe is beneficial for like progress in the world. I don't mean that as like I'm changing the world and curing diseases. I don't mean that. I just mean that as a collective artist in the space of human storytelling, I I really do feel like I am a puzzle piece through which I can continue telling these human stories. Mm. And it's hard. It's hard when the momentum that one feels or the the idea that one has, and by one I mean myself, about I will do X and therefore I will get Y because we want to make sense of the world around us. It's hard to make sense when things don't make sense. And so I think right now my logical, rational brain is really grappling with what it means to be firmly rooted in a career that makes zero sense to me. It really makes absolutely no sense. And I think this podcast is very helpful for me to try to unpack all of that really by by reminding myself that no one knows what they're doing. <laughs> like, and also everyone knows what they're doing because there are no rules, you know? And so both those things simultaneously for me feel really wonderful because if there are no rules and I can do whatever I want, really, obviously, barring hurting people, but like I could really exist in this space however I choose. And also the fear around, well, it seems to be working in this kind of way. And therefore I, I quote unquote, should be doing it that way. All of which is to say, I'm in a point where I'm really thinking about it. I'm not at a point where I'm like leaving, but I think I am at a point where I want to diversify the way in which I can show up to this industry that I feel I have more agency, that I feel I have some seat at some table somewhere, that I am getting closer to figuring out the people with whom I want to work with because I am not somebody who just wants the job. I want to work with good people for the job and tell good and tell stories that I believe in. I, I'm not someone who just wants to book the thing. Um, so the more I sit in it, I'm, yeah, grappling with that too and and weeding out those people and those auditions and those spaces and those rooms and those theaters and the whatever that that aren't for me and therefore I'm not for them either. Um, and I think in this weird lull and dip, I'm talking a lot, but in this weird lull and dip, I a lot has been clarifying and also challenging. It's a, it's a challenging field. It really is. And we all know that. People tell it to you all the time yeah. in, in subliminal, conscious or unconscious ways. Um, even just the question of like, well, what are you working on? Or what have I seen you in? Uh, Although yeah. they are meant usually with no ill intent, it's hard to say I'm working on myself or I'm working mm. on my community or I'm working on – you know, the process without sounding yep. like it's just words when really that yeah. is integrated into what it means to be a whole full-fledged full artist. Yeah. 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 That was my long-winded way of saying, yeah, right now, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> and I know. It, it gets hard. Like you've, you've had some great highlights and then you've, yeah. you're lulled into that. Okay. Well now it's just going to 
it's going to roll into the next thing into the right. next thing. And if it doesn't, you're like, what? what? Yeah. How do we really savor, celebrate that? I, a couple of things I did this. I have a, a friend who's A-lister. Okay. Hollywood A-lister. Yeah. Like well, there was a time where we were in a show together. We were struggling, scrappy actors. I even introduced him that time to my agent. Now he's like, no. Yeah. And he always was the source of pain of like everything I'm not. And then it was a week where he's Emmy nominated now. We love it. And I was like, oh. and then I thought, wait, oh, oh, oh. And it was the same week where I had gotten some guest star auditions. And I was like, wait, slow your roll. Get to eyes on your own path. This is the very thing you asked your agents mm. for. You said, no more co-star auditions. I want it. And now it's coming in. Yes, it's coming in later than you thought. It took longer than you thought. But just celebrate that win, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I did to sort of exercise myself of this green and the envy, I sent a, you know, a card to my friend and just said, I'm so proud of you. You know, you're just shining your light in every any possible way. And I I don't even know if this person got it or received it. It doesn't matter the envy that whatever feeling it left me mm. i think we're on our own path and it's and i think we have to consciously say i am sacred mm. i'm sacred the, my critic will always be there always nipping at me and always telling but this year i booked my first guest star and yes it was followed by six months of nothing oh, yeah. yes but that doesn't erase the fact that you did that, that. happened Mm -hmm. I did that. Yeah, I did that. I'm proud of that. You should be. And I'm still proud of my ability to connect to the heart, to that person's heart. And then that way, somebody can connect to their heart, I believe. Yeah. yeah. It takes a freaking village <laughs> to exist as an artist yeah. in this day and age. It really does. And a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot of resilience. And thank God for all the people that that do, do support us. Yeah. And for the reps that that do support us mm. and that are working their hard. I mean, it's it's all like a game of framing. Yeah. As we're winding on our time, I'd love to know what advice you would have given younger Sarah who moved to New York. Now that you know what you know now, what piece of advice would you have told yourself? it's kind of circling around what we're talking about of like, and, and now more than ever, it's really like honoring who you are mm. being, being really grounded in, in you and what you bring to the table and honoring that and not trying to be someone else. I, I remember like, <laughs> I was so frustrated. I was going to EPA after EPA and I was like, ah, how do I, establish myself as a character actor. I should dye my hair red. And, you know, at that time, everybody was wearing these little two-piece suit dresses. And I went into the equity room for an EPA and I looked around the equity lounge and like, oh my God, so many actors had that crazy actress, crazy actor, red color, that sort of purple red. I was like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't. Yeah. And it's tough to know what you bring to the table, but eyes on your own path. For that. whatever reason, you're in your, this is your process and your road mm -hmm. and it's sacred. Yeah. Yeah. Is there 
anything that is on your heart as we close that you feel like we didn't talk about or that you feel like you want to share? So this is what I read to myself when I need to be reminded of like, why, why be an artist? It's from Tennessee Williams. And he's, he's, he, he wrote this letter to a younger, younger artist. He says, oh, Jesus, I have to stop you right now. I love you dearly. You're smart and a sweet man, but you're so wrong about what matters and where the eye should visit. The things you find so important, the attention, the prizes, the approval, yes, they matter. And never so much when they disappear. But I'm old now and I've walked a long and rocky road and what really mattered, what should matter most to you, it is the rare and gorgeous experience of reaching out through your work and your actions and connecting to others. A message in the bottle thrown toward another frightened, loveless queer, a confused mother, a recently dejected man who can't see his way home. We get people home. We let them know that we're here for them. This is what art can do. Art should be the arm and the shoulder and the kind eyes, all of which let others know you deserve to live and to be loved. That is what matters, baby. Bringing people home. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. For anybody listening who wants to keep up with you and learn more about you or follow along on your journey, what within your boundaries is the most respectful way for people to keep in touch? Go to my Instagram, DM me. You can go to my website and fill out the little form and we'll email. Right. Um, it's easy. I'm, I'm easy. Is that <laughs> but Great. not cheap. <laughs> there we go. Let's have those standards. Amen. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much for being here. I really thank appreciate you. Thank you for inviting me and please let's do coffee soon. Yes, please. Yes, please. Neighbor, truly neighbor. Yes. I know. Oxygen. If you like this episode, please follow, like, rate, and most importantly, review us on Apple Podcasts. This allows us to continue meeting other ears and listeners who are hoping to engage in these types of conversations as well. If you did not like this episode, just let it all slide. If you have not yet done so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artist Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artist Collective, more on our website at EmpoweredArtistCollective.com. And if you are seeking some merchandise, we got you in the show notes. As always, I am so grateful that you keep on coming back and we will be back again next week. Until then.